Well, hello and welcome to the next episode of the Westlake Daily Podcast, the podcast that you can't wait to end. And today is part one of a two-part podcast on singleness. And I'm going to be talking to David Niblack, our good friend, who is Dean of Students at the Institut Biblique de Genève. And whether we are married or single, I think we all need to hear what David has to say. So I'm delighted to be joined today again by David Niblack. Hi, David. Hi. And we're going to talk about singleness, which you are, David. You are single Mm -hmm. and have been all your life. That's right. So in the past, you've been a pastor in the Chicago area. That's right. In Libertyville, northern Chicagoland suburbs. Okay. And now you're serving in a full-time ministry setting. And as I say, all along, you've been single. How old are you? You're not... 38. But was being single an intentional choice on your part? You know, I remember at university hearing about young men being encouraged to go into the ministry and being encouraged to stay single, single for the Lord. Has this been an intentional choice on your part? No, it wasn't. I was looking back at a journal I'd written when I was a teenager, and I decided about the year I wanted to be married, 2004. So I missed the mark by 16 years or so. But God has been so good. I mean, he has given me a rich life. And being single, I've been able to do a lot of things that I could not have done or would have been much more difficult had I been married. I'm very thankful for that. Just explain that then. So Paul says, uh, the Apostle Paul says that the married man is caught up with the stuff of the world. And talking from experience, that's true. You've got trying to care for your wife, you've got your marriage to work on, you're bringing up kids. And Paul effectively says, hey, being single is great because it means you can be devoted to the Lord. I mean, has that been true for you? How has the goodness of God worked out in your own personal life before we talk about maybe how that means you can serve other people better? It's not always easy, but looking back, there have been seasons where I've had that undistracted focus on a relationship and on an intimacy with the Lord. And that has brought I think, depth and joy into my own life. And then in a second place, I think a certain fruitfulness to my ministry. Just because you've got time to give to that. Yeah. I remember as a pastor, sometimes Saturday nights, if I didn't have other things, I would go to the church alone and I would work on the sermon, something I would not have done, I think, had I been married with kids. And I can remember some moments of just time with the Lord and the It wasn't about preparing a sermon. It was about me connecting with him and feeling such a powerful connection with him and just the richness of how real the good news and what who he's like uh, with me. Okay. And what about how your singleness, your freedom, the the time that you have, how's the Lord worked his goodness through you in that situation, in the lives of other people like your church or your ministry context now at the Bible school? Well, being able to serve as a pastor was a bit unexpected. I mean, at the end of seminary, I was talking to my single friends, and we were all wondering how would we get a job as a preaching pastor in a church being young and single. We were seriously on the prowl. You know, the girl didn't have to play the piano or have that cute pastor's wife smile. But God opened the door for a a church ministry, which worked well. Obviously, as single, you have certain capacities that a married person doesn't have and vice versa. So in terms of counseling the married couples, we brought on another part-time pastor who was older and married, and he, he did most of that. But otherwise, I had more time 
time was a big thing. I had more time to meet with people in the evenings, especially, or during the day with working guys, I would have lunch with them. That was very easy. More time to connect with people on the weekends. So just your relational capacity was more by being single than married. Yeah, I was able to have in some, some ways a broader network of, of relationships. And that was, a, that was a blessing. I took a sabbatical month off every year and did cross-cultural missions and doing other things that I could not have done being married or would have been much, a much more challenging uh, task to do as married. Okay, how has the Bible helped you? I mean, I mean, I assume that there are both huge blessings of the freedom of being single, but there are also the challenges of being single. Uh, is there anything specifically from the Bible that has helped you navigate those good and the bad of singleness? What helped me was seeing the big picture across the Bible. And I think what you see is fascinating, whereas the beginning, singleness is bad. In fact, the Bible says two things. Singleness is bad and it can be good. So in the Old Testament especially, even at the very beginning, before sin, the one thing that was not good was that Adam was single. He was alone. And then in the Old Testament, there's zero positive examples of singleness. Going back to Eden, even where he has this uninterrupted relationship with God. Right. He's still... A jarring statement. Good, good, good. And then this is not good. Very strong. And then, right, the Old Testament, the Messianic promise was coming through physical descendants. So the family and marriage had a highly important role in the Old Testament context. And then you get to the prophets. And then Isaiah talks about a suffering servant who's going to have an offspring. And this life is going to be so powerful that the barren woman can shout out and sing for joy. And a eunuch is invited to have a blessing even greater than sons. And then you get to the New Testament and there's lots of singles. There's John the Baptist and there's Paul and there's Jesus and there's Anna. And and why is that? Well, it's not because marriage becomes less important. It's because marriage is not ultimate. And Jesus, when he comes, he is inaugurating and bringing into our lives the real reality to which marriage points. And so at the end of the Bible, we have the marriage feast of the Lamb And it's not about lots of Adams getting married to lots of Eves. It's about God himself coming and celebrating this profound union with his people. And that is the ultimate reality. And it's hard to get our minds around, but that is going to be something just infinitely better and richer and more intimate than anything we could live in terms of romantic relationship here now. And so when we become a Christian, we are connecting to the real reality to which marriage points. And I've heard people say, well, in heaven, you know, no one's, everyone's single because there's no human marriage. And that's true. But in a real sense, everyone is married at the, for the real, really married at last. And uh, because of that, if you're, if you're single and you're a Christian, you're connecting to that real ultimate reality already. That's not fully accomplished. So there's also challenges. But what that means is if you're single, you have a chance to give a testimony to say, I am connected to the ultimate reality. And therefore, marriage is an ultimate. My ultimate identity is in heaven. And I can live a full, rich life, even if you know, marriage doesn't happen. And I think that's mm-hmm. profound. It's powerful. And I think balancing those two things, marriage, singleness can be hard and in some ways bad. But in Christ, it is not ultimate. And it can be very good. And it can be used as a way to better serve Christ. Uh, holding those two together is not always easy, but it's, uh, that's really helped me. Yeah. And the the danger for a married person like myself is that we idolize marriage and we make it this ultimate. And in the whole Christian culture, it's about marriage and family. 
But what you're saying, what the Bible is saying, is that that is not the ultimate. That's simply pointing us to the ultimate. And it, you can be married and you're not connecting with that ultimate. Or, and you can be single, but you can be connecting to that ultimate because the ultimate reality is Christ. And this isn't about Jesus being our boyfriend, is it? This is about this intimate union with God that we will enjoy for all eternity. So, That's right. And it, it, like I said, it's a little hard to, to grasp sometimes. But I mean, it's, it's lavish. It's, that's what the revelation presents us with. I think what the best things about marriage, the best marriages, it's not just about the marriage. It's about a relationship, about intimacy with someone who's created in the image of God. If God made marriage and he designed the whole package and he says, I'm doing that to help you understand something that's better. Can't we trust him and say, okay. And you know, sometimes when you go to an amazing wedding, you think you're, when you're singing, you always think, well, I wonder if I'm going to get married or not. You know, there is going to be a wedding. We're all going to, if you're, you're a Christian, you're going to be in the greatest, best wedding. All of creation yeah. is going to be renewed and part of the wedding celebration, and it's going to go on forever. Yeah. So, well, that's exciting. Well, thank you, David. Well, if you appreciated that, do look out for part two coming in a few days' time where David gives more specific advice to those of us who are single. God bless you all.